into a world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Well, that didn't work out as well, see. <laughs> what what didn't work out? I was trying to play the is it playing the music? We yeah, we heard this the second time. <laughs> yeah, ah, okay. Well I just <laughs> like it finished and then you're like that didn't work out. I was like I was supposed to what do you mean? <laughs> that was perfect. Oh there we go. We're back again. Hello everybody. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, we, we should make a blooper reel for years then. Um, oh, for sure. Geek Matrix DC Comics Review Show number 182. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What, what's our legacy number? I'm kind of curious. 4,538. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 4,538 weeks of DC. If only we have been doing this since 1938. Oh my god, we would be ancient. We'd be dead. We would have seen it all. <laughs> we could be like the Justice Society, you know. Oh, hell yeah. Be aging we, very, very slowly. I call Alan We'd Scott. have to have oh, yeah. read the You're Alan, I'm Jay, all the way. That, that gorgeous beard. Who would you be, Josh? In, in the JSA? Yeah, if we were the, the JSA. <laughs> and we, we've been going the since Adam 1938. Or I'm deciding yeah. for you, because they both have a temper. But Wildcat wasn't around in the OG scene. <laughs> That's, oh, that's funny. I, I, I do, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm I do just, like reading physics shit, so I guess I'll go with the ad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just I'm still thinking of our um our Jackbox night. Uh, from yeah. ago, where <laughs> almost all of the descriptions of Josh were like angry, temperamental oh, yeah. <laughs> shooter gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his yeah. uh, his Avenger of of choice was unanimously the Hulk. <laughs> and it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I hope you're not trying to tell me something, right? Tell me how you feel, guys. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note, though, I want to ask because it's, it's, it's confusing me. How the hell did I get Captain America? Still, like, why? Yeah, it's like, why did the why did the Canadian get? Yeah, I, I the white Canadian. It, I think I chose it just because, like, I don't know. He's a good-hearted, good-natured person. I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. He's not. Well, he's enough. not. American, but like he's got the ethos of Captain America. Yeah, I right. appreciate Captain, it. Yeah. Captain Britain and Captain Canuck weren't choices. That's no. true. Yeah, unfortunately they weren't on the roster. Yeah, I really need a deep dive on Captain Canuck. I know. I I feel embarrassed on your behalf that you're not an expert on Captain Canuck. I know. I've, I've met the creator twice. You are an expert more so on Captain Carrot than you are on Captain. Canuck. <laughs> I wouldn't like. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can't you e would. I can't you're even argue. Canadian. Where is your Canadian pride? It's in the carrots. <laughs> well, intros aside, you've all heard our voices already. Brandon and Josh are here. Sound off, folks. Hello. Howdy, hello. howdy, howdy. <laughs> Sorry, no it. bad dad jokes. I'm no. tired. Oh, I, uh, I was gonna say I've got a bad dad joke, but oh, I've already God. I already told Poor it in ass. the in on the 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 jokes channel. So <laughs> Josh has already seen it. Oh, I probably forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> but how how does how does Kanye like his eggs? Oh, <laughs> oh God, over Yeezy. 
over Yeezy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh, why? Why does Kanye gosh. prefer to talk on landlines? Uh, why? Why does Kanye prefer to talk on landlines? Why is that? So he can speak through the wire. <laughs> killing me. Killing me. Let's move what, on to the comics now. What, why? Why does Kanye hate the word prospect? Because prospectors ain't nothing but a gold digger. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're on a roll. The sir. last two? Okay, the first one. Not on one, a good one. The over Not easy. on a good one. <laughs> over easy, I'll admit, I found on Reddit. But the last two, I made it myself after I saw it. I'm proud, I'm proud of those ones. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, we are here to talk comics and all sorts of fun stuff, as is usually the case. So thank you for joining us on yet another adventure. Uh, today we are talking about a few books. We have a few more honorable mentions. Where the hell is the list? Oh my, I lost it. Oh, it's because I'm in the wrong channel. <laughs> oh no. I could just click on this. I'm a dumbass. Yeah, we are here to talk about Green Arrow number eight, The Flash number five, and Harley Quinn number 36. Uh, primarily, and then our bonus show, we have Detective Comics 1081 and Beast World number five, with a few honorable mentions that Josh will give us the breakdown on. I definitely will. Those honorable <coughs> mentions are... The Penguin number six, Amazon's Attack number four, Power Girl number five, Batman the Bra Brave and the Bold number nine, and Beast World Tour Star City number one. Right on. Uh, well, before we get into that, what's up with you guys? What's new in the world? Any news? No comics news. At least nothing no. to report. Um, oh, I don't well, know if we already talked about the house of brainiac that's the only thing i've seen recently i think we i think josh and i talked about it last week because you were off right yes yeah yeah so I, I believe we talked about it last week um at least i'm pretty sure yeah mm -hmm. yeah i remember because i i clipped it for our youtube channel oh nice yeah we talked about guys bogus adventure mm -hmm. we can't wait for that story <laughs> oh, i'm sure <laughs> Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, but we there is something oh, I know the, the two of you are excited about. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, God, yeah, to an end. Uh, over at is IDW they're at mm -hmm. right now. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, they came they came to an end, and oh, that's the wrong article, and mm -hmm. it's being relaunched with being written by Jason Aaron. Of all people, oh yeah. Uh, but not only that, the first four. Well, I, I, is it? I is it the four first four issues? Just four intro issues, one for yeah, each turtle. First four intro issues that focus on individual turtles, and then after that, I assume is just going to be you know all Ongoing, four turtles yeah. with a regular series artist. Fair enough. So yeah, the first four issues, each one of its own uh, turtle, and each one with its own artist. Uh, so the first issue will be drawn by Joel Jones, and that will be about Raphael. Number two is about Michelangelo, drawn by Raphael Albuquerque. Third is Leonardo's issue, drawn by Cliff Chiang. And the fourth one will be, of course, Donatello, drawn by Chris Burnham. 
And after that, uh, Ninja Turtles 4 through 8 will be the, or I, maybe that's a typo, should be 5 through 8, mm. will be the second total arc, and that's drawn by Raphael Albuquerque in total. All I can say is that's nothing but good news. It looks good. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm gonna, that, I mean, each cover has got the preview art of, of how yeah. each artist is drawing their the character. They all look fucking good. Chris oh, yeah. Burnham has like the classic style though. Yeah, no, he's really channeling his his Eastman and Laird. I'm really excited yeah. for the Which for the Leo and Donnie okay. solo issues. Yeah. That Joel Jones Raph cover looks so fucking good. Oh, Dude, yeah. it, it the Joel Jones drawing Raph is just fucking perfect. Yeah. I can't wait to read these books. Oh, yeah. I cannot so wait to read these. Books. Selfishly, yeah. I do. I do kind of wish Chris Burnham was doing the rap issue because Chris Burnham oh, yeah. could really bring it with the bloodiness. Yeah, I think that would have been really good. But maybe, maybe this. I'm, mean, I'm sure this will be really good too. Yeah, because uh, Joel Jones is no stranger to to bloodiness either. For anyone who's read uh, Lady Killer. Uh, well, and, and on the Ninja Turtles note, uh, speaking of Eastman and Laird, Kevin Eastman, co-creator of TMNC, has started is or started work on his new comic book called Drawing Blood over at Image Comics, uh, and that is launched first as a Kickstarter, hoping to bring it to a larger audience uh, with Image backing it as well, but hopefully uh, more backers to help bring the book more life. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is pretty cool I don't have the rest of the create oh uh, wait do I um, oh it's co-written by David Avalone uh, with art from Ben Bishop and Troy Little it's a 12 issue maxi series mm. looks interesting and finally Marvel is going a uh, very interesting route uh, so oh, they have, yes, yeah, yes, they, yes. They, have, they have an upcoming series called Blood Hunt. Um, mm. Brandon, you might know a bit more about it than I would. Uh, not a ton, really. It just yeah. it seems to be like a vampire focused event, and all the marketing promises that this event is going to be the bloodiest event in Marvel history, which is what they said about Absolute Carnage, which is what they said about Marvel Zombies. So <laughs> I'm sure this one will really be the bloodiest one. But uh, yeah. it's, it's Jed McKay and Pepe Larraz, so, you know, great creative team. Yeah. At least interested. The cover looks pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they are kind of doubling down on it being very bloody and explicit, where every issue will be polybagged in a red bag with the disclaimer written on it warning this comic book is approved for appropriate audiences by marvel comics explicit content reader discretion advised um like the the basic letter rated m <laughs> or rated 18 plus mm -hmm. uh is just not enough apparently for this book and if, if that's going to be a thing going forward it's interesting to see i didn't realize it was about blood hunt when i saw the headline i thought it was just something they were doing going forward for anything m rated um but shit i guess that means this this might just be a bloody good time well, we'll have to see. But um, but yeah. But the but the polybag did remind me of of another time in comics where they've they've polybagged they polybagged covers um due to graphic content. And this is like the this is like one of two things that I have to plug. But 
Sex Criminals. Anyone who oh, remembers yeah. that series, iconic series, oh, Matt Fraction, yeah. There were a few issues of that series that had the the pink covers on them because they were just they were too graphic for the little kiddies <laughs> to see uh, explicit sexual content. But for fans of Sex Criminals, the 10th anniversary edition is coming out soon. I don't know when. I don't have the date. But I saw some announcement. I think it was in Zdarsky's Substack that was like, they're doing a 10th anniversary complete collection of the entire series. All 30 issues in one giant package. And you can That's own them amazing. in your home. And you can put it on your coffee table. And someone will say, sex criminals? What's that? And then they'll flip it open. And they'll see all of the penises and other horrible images in there. And then they'll probably <laughs> never speak to you again. But you can have you an need... interesting story. So there you go. I think I think the real question is why do you have sex criminals on your coffee table? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the I, real I like question is why is this not being table? sold with a compendium yeah. with of, of money shot? I think the better question is why <laughs> wouldn't you have sex criminals on your coffee table? I mean, for the the, the reason you just described. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe, but also Keep your maybe kinks you should in the get bedroom. more interesting friends if that's the reaction. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's it. This is uh, this is another YouTube short. <laughs> this conversation. Excellent. It's our I next do a like a briefly funny story because when I was reading Sex Criminals, it was through the library. Um, what in and, high school? Because that's in high school. Yeah, and and, oh and you already kind of know where the story is going. But um, <laughs> I was I couldn't I couldn't find volume five, so I had to get it specially ordered or something from like another library. So I had to when it when it finally arrived, they sent me like an email and everything, and I walked over and I was like, okay, cool, I'll just you know ask them about it and pick it up but apparently there was some kind of miscommunication where they shelved it uh not in the, oh. in, the in order pile so i had to i was like uh yeah I, I reserved a copy of you know sex criminals number five and i'm like try not to say it too loud because i'm still kind of embarrassed about yeah. it and then the, this this woman goes behind looks at the order desk doesn't find it then is like, okay, well, I don't see it, so I'm gonna have to get in the loudspeaker and ask if anyone else has seen it. And then uh, in the loudest oh, fucking voice no. you ever heard is like, he's like, he's like, attention, so has anyone seen Sex that. Criminals Volume Five? And I'm just, I'm like, I just want to crawl into a hole and, and close <laughs> it in after me. Um, oh, no. so, looks yeah, at the guy funny. behind him in line goes i was like that's weird dude and I was, I was, I was, I was like no it's 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 for my friend it's not like yeah. that i didn't it's not for me it's, honestly it's, it's not mine it's not mine what kind of person do you think i am chaos of powers <laughs> Was it was it the school library or public library no, this is the public library oh, okay like, i thought it was better. school library and that's just weird yeah. yeah. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Well, I guess Dynamite Entertainment yeah. releasing a new Thundercat Thundercats books coming out next month. Hell woo, yeah. woo. Written by Declan Shelby and drawn by Drew Moss. Right. Do you know either one of those? Declan Shelby, I've heard of. He did what did he do in Marvel? Declan Shelby. Come on, guys. You know oh, this. God, I know this. Josh, you should know this. This is the second is time. Moon Knight? <laughs> yes. That's it. Yeah. All right. Passed. Yes. No All right. Good deal. What about uh, this Drew Moss? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I can't place anything at the moment. All right. 
I'm looking forward to it. I don't care if nobody else cares, but I am looking forward to it. Thundercats are awesome. Or some people care. I, me. Yeah. It's me who cares. <laughs> you know what I'm excited about? Speaking of uh, cartoons from the 80s. The ongoing Energon universe. Yes. Brandon, have you caught up? Yes, I've. Oh my God, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't read Cobra Commander number one yet. Josh, have you started? I read Duke. Okay, how'd you like it? I shouldn't have started with Duke. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of spoils Transformers. (laughs) But did you like it though, Duke? Like, it was interesting, right? Well, and I guess in a in a very. I mean, you're the resident GI Joe expert, so I'm kind of like in a very. The ideas are really cool, of what's going on. Like, as far as whether or not it's going to be carried out, right? I don't have any. Um predictions on that we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see am i caught up and and uh, with you guys no i am not fair enough what what do you think of the uh, cobra commander preview at the back though looks cool yeah which is actually like the opening segment of commander number one yeah i I didn't expect i thought it was going to be I thought there was like, like an extension. Brandon, you look like you have something to say. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Just laughing about something else. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been like dying to ask, Brandon, do you have any questions about Transformers number five? Uh, well, I you, think you, I was you, able you to figure out some of it. Um, <clears throat> the the robot at the end, was that Megatron? The one that is now part of Optimus? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. No, the one, the one, the one in the ice. Yes, that's Megatron. Mm. Yeah. Spoiler yes. alert, Josh. Sorry. Megatron is now a part of Optimus Prime. So in Transformers number four, spoilers. Um, Optimus is in a fight with. Uh, fuck it. They've got so many seekers now. I don't remember which one that was. <laughs> the black and purple one. Um, Let's just assume that they're all heat seekers. <laughs> well, they're all seekers. You mean yeah. Starscream? Yes. There's no, there's no seeker called Heat Seeker. Well, that's why we you just call them all Heat Seeker and everything. Okay. Be, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and he gets his arm dripped off by that seeker. Mm-hmm. And they don't have enough Energon to repair anything. So he's just kind of left without an arm. But then Ratchet in issue five has another option for him, opens Optimus's trailer. And to Optimus' surprise, he's like, I don't know if I can do that. But then by the end of the issue, you see that he's attached Megatron's arm to Optimus's body. The one with the cannon on it. And then Whoa. at the end, you see uh, Megatron's body encased in ice somewhere in the north. Interesting. Somewhere in the Arctic. Yeah. Without an arm, of course. Well, right. Yeah. But now I really need to read Corporate Commander thoroughly to really understand the timeline of this thing because, as Brandon knows, some shit goes on there <laughs> that's making me yeah, question some stuff. Concerns Megatron. Yeah. So they are really doubling down on this shared universe thing, and I love it. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really yeah, fun. It's really well done. 
and Transformers is so fucking good. Mm. I do miss the IDW verse, but this is this is really good. Well, I'm glad there's enough stuff for you as as like an OG Transformers fan to enjoy because I'm yeah. loving it because I know nothing and it's like a whole fresh thing. This is an interesting trio we've got where I know Transformers. Joe knows uh, Joe. Josh knows oh, Joe, Joe knows Joe. Joe knows Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Josh knows GI Joe. And <laughs> what, what are you right pointing there. at? Oh. My name tag. I can't see your name tag. Oh yeah, no, it's over, yeah. <laughs> And Brandon, you you don't know much about GI Joe either, right? No, I'm yeah, I'm coming so into this completely completely new. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. The more you know. Interesting yeah. how that worked out. <laughs> Star <Wars. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh so I think that's about You just called me an asshole? No, asshole. So. <laughs> uh yeah, so um the only other thing I want to bring up and I know Josh is interested. Brandon, you can be interested, but you might just have to sit there for a minute. Ooh, okay, we'll have to see. <laughs> Royal Rumble this ah. Saturday. I can't Wait, I'm just so excited. I am looking forward to it as well. There's no telling what we're going to get. No, but I think we might see Return of Sheamus as well. I forgot to add him on my short list. Ah, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brandon, if there's ever a time for you to get into wrestling, it's this Saturday. It's now? It's Saturday. What is this? Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. It is my favorite event of the year. There'll be a few regular matches, but then the Royal Rumble is a 30-man battle royale. Hmm. Every so many minutes, another person gets added to the ring. Yeah. Now, I had had a friend in high school who apparently was like a closet wrestling fan. Um, I got to reach out to him again because he knew a lot more about this stuff than I did. So he might be able to help me out with this. Fair enough. I mean, with the Royal Rumble, you'll you'll get to know it pretty quickly. Hmm. Cool. I think it's the perfect thing to start off with because you also get a showcase of a lot of different talent and you can start mm-hmm. to like if you go to watch a show the next week oh i remember that guy from that 30-man match like you'll recognize people because you'll yep. see so many at the same time it was actually the, uh the royal rumble that got me back into watching wrestling yeah me too last year that was fun yep i hope this one blows it out of the water <laughs> it would be it would be great if it did. <laughs> oh, but speaking of blows, should we get on to our first issue? That's uh, I mean. uh, okay. <laughs> that, um, I see what you're uh, doing. That was a hell of a transition. That 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 was that was an interesting transition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Green Arrow number eight. I I'll be honest, I can't say it completely understand it. <laughs> But Brandon is going to tell us about it. <laughs> uh, well, all I can say is that this issue was a a bang, bang, crash, crash, hell of a time. Uh, Damn straight. Compliment Josh's attempt at a transition. Uh, but of course, Green Arrow number eight is brought to us by Joshua Williamson on writing with pencils this time from Phil Hester, inks from Eric Gapster. Colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters from Troy Pateri, and a really funky cover from uh, Mr. Phil Hester there. Um, but this issue is exactly what 
everyone and no one was was uh, demanding, I assume, which is a solo Connor Hawk issue. Um, because this time, Connor takes the center stage in a, a bit of a, a who murdered Green Arrow mystery story as, as Connor hits the streets trying to find out um, why Onomatopoeia apparently attacked uh, the Arrow Cave and ended up supposedly killing Green Arrow, as we see uh, in an earlier sequence. But Connor hits the streets fast, um, is, is knocking heads to the pavement until he finds some information and inevitably is able to track Onomatopoeia to a boat where Onomatopoeia is celebrating and having a little rendezvous with none other than Brick who seems to have been the one uh, who hired Automatopia in this situation. Uh, but before they can get their smooth getaway and, and celebrate their victory, who shows up but Connor in a, a classic Arrow-themed boat driving straight for, um, straight for Brick's yacht and crashing it straight into the hull. Connor is relatively unscathed and makes his way to the deck where he immediately goes after Onomatopoeia, seeing as how Brick runs away. The two of them end up fighting for a little while, uh, and it seems like Onomatopoeia has the upper hand and shoots Connor point blank, but don't worry. All of that is, of course, just a ruse, because as Brick is trying to get away in a helicopter, seeing as how this whole thing has gone to shit, we see a mysterious arrow knocks the ladder that had come down from the helicopter, to uh, whisk Brick away um, and knocks him back onto the deck. And that's when we discover that Onomatopoeia is not actually Onomatopoeia, but is in fact Ollie posing as Onomatopoeia to get more intel. Um, <clears throat> then we get a brief flashback as to how things really happened. Turns out Ollie and Connor were able to subdue Onomatopoeia pretty quickly, but he wasn't talking. So they decided to have Ollie impersonate him while pretending to be dead and then follow up to find out who he was working for. The two of them are able to make quick work of Brick and are beating the hell out of him, trying to find out you know, who he's working for and all that stuff. And that's when Brick reveals the ruse that Amanda Waller's got this new deal going on where if you kill a superhero, you get a pardon, all your past crimes are removed. And that's where, <clears throat> excuse me, Ollie starts asking about where Waller has hidden Roy, and Brick drops the rather crazy bomb that Waller is not holding Roy hostage in any kind of way, but Roy is in fact working for Waller as we see Roy attacking some hidden citadel far off in an unknown location. And that's where our issue ends. I had a great time. It was, it was uh, exactly what I'd been hoping for, which is solo Connor issue. Very fun, classic kind of like uh misdirection type of issue where you think ollie's dead but he really isn't and you know they've got the ruse on brick and all that stuff it just has all the the fun hallmarks of a good classic thriller one shot i suppose you could say while also tying into the larger story of green arrows kind of war with waller and everything that's going on um hell of a real hell of a reveal at the end with roy now apparently working for waller i guess he's worked for worse so this isn't really all that much uh, worse than some of the last places he's been uh, employed at. But uh, no, it was just, a, it was a good issue. Great art. I had a lot of fun. So I gave this a nine out of 10. I, 
really enjoyed it as well. It, it does definitely have a classic feel, and Eric uh, Phil Hester's art, I was going to call him Eric for some reason, Phil Hester's art definitely helps that. Uh, on Green Arrow, just mm -hmm. feels like the, what was it, the late 90s he was drawing? Early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was with uh, Kevin, Kevin Hart. Smith. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Smith. Oh my. <laughs> Kevin Hart. <laughs> <Can you> imagine. <laughs> Kevin Smith. He made yeah. Green Arrow. <laughs> Kevin Hart writes Green Arrow. What the hell are you doing? Look at me. Hell yeah. This this that's the story arc where Green Arrow goes straight for Black Adam and doesn't oh stop. Oh my god. <laughs> I well, would love to Green see that. Green Arrow. Shit. I'm changing my name to Black Hammer. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so kevin the kevin smith run yes phil hester uh so yeah it definitely has that classic feel thanks to phil hester's art but also like it has that exactly how you describe it that <laughs> that that mysterious connor hawks-esque uh connor hawks centric story with the mm -hmm. twist reveal at the end oh ollie's still alive you sure we knew that but like yeah. it was still fun <laughs> right uh to have that journey you knew by the end of the issue he was gonna be walking around but i did not expect him to be on a the entire fucking time um <coughs> which i forget now what the body was but mm -hmm. i'm sure like a, clone they called or something. It a distraction that was what it was explained as a distraction yeah. distraction okay i yep. guess makeup can happen um the only thing i'm not completely sold on is roy working for waller like that's got to be some brainwash nonsense that's the only thing i don't really like that but, or a double cross or but, double cross but that's only because yeah. i don't like the idea of roy working for waller and i'm just kind of tired of waller stories right now <laughs> she's I, I, I everywhere yeah um like I said, Roy's work for worse. Yeah, for checkmate. They're corrupt I, as hell. <laughs> I feel like this is a different Roy, though. Could be. I mean, maybe. I mean, I like a different, different Roy. I mean, like he's not the same Roy he used to be. I guess I should watch how I say that in in comedy. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I thought you meant like multiverse Roy. No, I was gonna no, say she no, did come back from like Earth three. That's true. He's like a little more hardened on his resolve about things little little different personality wise yeah yeah could be could very well be i i just have one more point it's a minor point i feel like i've said it before but i just i freaking love this costume that they have for roy i love how I love all how, the costumes i mean yeah a lot of them are good yeah, and of course really the, good. the red arrow one is iconic and the, yeah. the 90s oh, one yeah, without sure. the fucking sunglasses Wait, which which red arrow oh roy's red arrow yeah roy's red okay arrow. All right. uh, but but i this is just like a perfect blend of like the 90s look that he had in yeah like the titans era with like some kind of modern sensibilities and then thankfully a domino mask and not those goofy ass sunglasses. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just because <laughs> I, I I've read just a backwards baseball cap. I, I've I've read Devin Grayson's Titans and it's very fun, but every time he shows up and he has like those those red shades, I just lose <laughs> it's so ridiculous. If you are a grown ass man, you're not 15. Take <laughs> off the shades. That was that was you're his whole Connor. character, man. Yeah. Somehow, him and Jason Todd managed to balance each other out. <laughs> yep. Um, no, by, by all the culture, I mean all all the new designs for like Ollie and Connor. They're great. Roy, yeah. Like all all their costumes are fantastic. Yeah, 
And I, I, I don't really remember if we noted it, but uh, there's like a small detail in Connor's mask. I didn't even realize it until I read, of all things, the Beast World Tour Star City one shot. Um, but I, I, I guess I just maybe hadn't been paying attention, but the way that uh, Connor's domino mask is designed, it's, it looks like a, like a bird, like a bird's beak. Yeah. I don't know if you see that, but yeah, I, just, I that was like with, a cool with the, the yellow highlight on the top. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I was picturing it more like an arrow, but beak makes sense. Mm. I, I, I figured, you know, Hawk fits. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like his costume so much, man. Oh, it's great. It's and, and I've good. told you multiple times, I'm just like, every time I see a new costume, my my toy-addled brain goes like, ooh, I want a figure of that. Yeah. Especially I'm, I'm Roy and Connors. For composite Superman. Oh, man. I <laughs> would be so pimp. Yeah. The world's finest version. Yeah. Yeah. That one's so fucking dope. Um, but yeah, that's... Where was I? It's classic. Looks good. Costumes are awesome. Yeah, I think I think I'm pretty much covered. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm tired of Waller. I've been tired of Waller since War for Earth three. So we'll see where this overarching plot goes. Um, I just hope that we get to some Green Arrow stuff that's not about Amanda Waller soon. That yeah. would be great. Uh, I think we have some more Merlin stuff on the horizon, so we'll we'll see. Might that might be more interesting. Uh, for this issue, though, I will give it an eight point seven five out of ten. Groovy, you disappeared. What the fuck? <laughs> My camera keeps bouncing in and out. Oh, I don't know God. what the hell is going that's on. That's weird. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, hey, look, I'm here for the moment. Ollie's dead again, but wait, not really. Onomatopoeia is around, but wait, not really. Arsenal and Ravager are two junior heroes with their heads on straight. Finally, after years and years of years of character development and growth, but wait, not really. Oh, and it, even with no this issue. <laughs> Wait, what? Ravager wasn't here. Ravager? Ra Ravager was with him when he was kidnapped. Yeah. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming Wait, she's no, still was around Cheshire. this year. Oh, it was Cheshire, Ravager. not Ravager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, for some reason, I was thinking it was Ravager, too. Yeah, it was no. Cheshire. Wrong red-themed heroed girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Ravager's <laughs> Stormwatch Jason. Uh, oh yeah, with, she's yeah, in Stormwatch. Yeah, I mean she's with, with Red Jason, Hood. Jason Todd too. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, I'm super glad that y'all are having fun with this one. Uh, I I wanted more. Damn it, I wanted more out of uh, the Green Arrow book, but um, I'm just patiently waiting and. Hoping that someday somebody else will take it over. Um, I will say that Hester's art is better here in issue eight than it has been so far in the whole run, though. And that means I'm giving it a six out of ten. Fair enough. Well, hopefully you find this a bit more up your speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Alright, this is The Flash number five. Five. <laughs> Written by Cy Spurrier with art from Mike Diodato Jr., colors from Trish Mulvihill, and letters from Hassan Asmana El Hau. So we open on <coughs> excuse me. Jay. Um I keep wanting to say different names. I was gonna say Jay White for some reason. Who the hell is Jay White? Jay White. I don't even know. Is that a wrestler? <laughs> that um, anyway. Is that uh, what's his face? Um, no, I'm thinking of Michael J. Michael Jai White. Michael. Yeah. Jai, yeah. The that might be why I'm thinking Black Dynamite because the J is spelt the same way. Yeah. 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 Mike Michael Jai White is fucking. Awesome, no, I, by the way. I don't know if you've seen Black Dynamite, but I, I fucking love that movie. That's like I, I haven't seen Black Dynamite, oh but I've seen God. him in like so many other things, and I love oh, yeah, yeah. everything because he he's does. like um he's a boxer too, right? I think well, I don't know if he was an actual boxer, but he's not sure. He's always he might be a martial badass. artist. Like yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see martial artist. Yeah, yeah. He he in the Arrowverse, uh, he was, uh, oh my god. Jesus Christ, what? Bronze Tiger? Hmm. I know he was in that movie, uh, the, the the Batman movie with, what is it, that? Yeah. Movie. Shadow of the something. Shadow of the Tiger? I don't, I don't know. Bronze Tiger, Arrow season. You guys are talking about Michael J. White. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. was saying, because Rob knows him as Bronze Tiger. I, I know him as uh, as Black Dynamite. Oh, I, I know him from like that long movie. before Bronze Tiger, but that, yeah. that was like his most recent role that I remember. Yeah. Uh, he, I he know was, him as Spawn. Yeah, that's what I was I know him as Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. In the 90s. That, that we was all know him as an ageless vampire. vampire. Pretty much, yeah. Jeez, yeah. I've been meaning to watch Black Dynamite too. Also mm, in the, so... the best scene in the Nolan trilogy for Batman. So Michael Jai White is in Flash. Yes. The TV Wait, show. In, in oh, yes. The Flash. Yes. He was in Flash. Flash yes. number five. Oh. Wow. No, because he was actually in like the Flash TV show. I thought you were talking about the, the yeah. CW oh, show. I, I didn't yeah, even know. He was Bronze Tiger. <laughs> yeah, so Michael Jai White in Flash number five has his arm explode. Um, nah, so, so Jay um, West, Wally's son. Uh, is kind of dealing with some stuff personally. He's not feeling too appreciated, and kids in class are making fun of him, and his powers are out of control. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's, it's just too much for him to handle. So he's hiding out where he can, and as he's trying to calm himself down, his left arm begins to power up, and he tries to get it under control, but it somewhat explodes, and a piece pops off, and as he's trying to find it, somebody comes up behind him, uh, and startles him, and as he describes part of his power sets, as some may know, say so when he gets startled, he teleports directly to his father uh, because he can teleport through the speed force. And his dad, Wally, is at the scene of the butterfly shaped temporal opening at the Barry Allen statue <laughs> um, where the scientists are still studying it and as Jay is spying on them he sees or is found instead by the duplicate brain of 
is it Monsieur Mala, if I remember right? No, the um Ultra Humanite. Ultra Humanite, thank you. And he was one of the gorillas. Um Ultra I mean, Humanite makes there's only a couple to choose from. Yeah, I just got the wrong one. <laughs> a couple dozen. <laughs> um and that startles him again, and he ends up teleporting back to his hiding place at the school, mm -hmm. uh, where he is found yet again by that person that stuck up on him, um, who begins to explain some stuff about his powers and reveals that the part that popped off him was a little red blob of meat uh, that looks really fucking weird. Uh, meat blob. Meat blob. And then this man touches not, him not with... pleasant. No. It's Super Meat Boy. Um, Gross. <laughs> Even that was a hard fucking game. Uh, touches him with his finger with a bolt, a little shock of ready electricity, and many more Super Meat Boys pop off Jay uh, as Jay Gross. tries to uh, kind of push them back in. Uh, the man tries a little experiments and and ends up teleporting Jay one more time to his dad, who is now in costume, interrogating Gorilla Grodd. Uh, but Gorilla Grodd smells Jay and using his knowledge of a prophecy uh, that he would break his enemy's heart before devouring it, realizes maybe he needs to kill Jay. And Jay, using his own intellect, uh, knowing that everybody tries to fight Gorilla Grodd, instead gets on the, mo gets on the uh, microphone because they're in the interrogation room. He's on the other side and just asks Grodd, uh, why do you do what you do? And that kind of freezes Grodd in his tracks and, excuse me, um, kind of makes him just question stuff and calm down a little bit. And that's when Jay ends up teleporting back to the school to be uh, to this man yet again. Uh, and they have a proper conversation. This man is Inspector Pilgrim, a science detective. Uh, specifically, you get the illusion that he's from the future. Uh, and this man goes into deep details about Jay's powers. Yeah, he knows very much about them, uh, that it's not just his dad he can jump to. Uh, he's just the clearest conduit, but he can jump to any Speed Force user uh, in the world. Not even in the world, in the universe. Um, he just needs to learn how to do it. And he does teach Jay how to do it. And Jay teleports not only to his sister, but also Barry and his brother Wade, where his mom is, uh, before he ends up back toward his dad, who is now back at the science site um, where the temporal rift is, but he's talking to Impulse, who is pissed off at him for not prioritizing uh, Max Mercury, who is lost somewhere, uh, and Impulse vows to get Max back. And then Wally notices Jay is back, uh, and then talks to him to have a little father-son conversation. Uh, Jay decides that he's ready to confide in his dad about something, but that is when the scientists are ready to run one more experiment on the rift, which then gets stopped by the stillness, who explode into reality, and then notice Jay with his powers... Uh, that he is a great threat to everything that is to come. So they dissipate him, if you will, into many, many tiny little Super Meat Boys, which pisses off Wally uh, to a great extent because he just lost his son, and he goes full-on Super Saiyan. 
with bolts of lightning all over the place. Jay, however, is still there just as tiny little forms uh, who has seen this the entire time and realizes how much his dad really does care about him. And then he reincorporates himself into his, his own body yet again to calm his father down, uh, who then, uh, at that point, the stillness have disappeared. And he's able to talk to his dad one last time to reveal that he does not want to go into the superhero business. We then see him back with the inspector uh, as he describes everything that happened. And that's pretty much where our issue ends. Uh, Wally had disappeared right after that happened, uh, presumably back into the still world, I think it was called, something like that, that other world. Uh, and that basically that, that's that's just where the issue ends. It was a, it was a Jay West centric issue, uh, which really dealt more with his powers um, and his relationships with Wally. But shit, man, that, that's not the Flash I want. <laughs> this is not what I'm looking for in a Flash comic. It's very dark. Uh, it's very heavy. Um, it's very mind fucky. It's interesting. It's just not the Wally West I know and enjoy. Uh, you can have, so I, I remember I mentioned this in, throughout this run so far, but you can have like a dark Wally West story, but still have a lighthearted Wally. And mm. this is a Wally that is stressed out, is constantly lost, is dealing, feels like he's got the, the weight of the world on his shoulders and is trying to pull everything together and everything's falling apart. And he doesn't know what to do. Like this is a, a Wally that is basically going through depression and anxiety and so is everyone else around him and you just don't know what the fuck you're reading because it's not the wally you're used to mm-hmm. um and not to say that that you know these things will happen to people but it's just weird to see it in the flash you know and it's not just it's one issue to be a, a happy comic well not quite like this not yeah it's not yeah. like i said you can have a heavy story but wally at least on the surface will still retain his happy comedic comedic approach to everything uh, right anything that spurrier writes is gonna make you sweat a little bit yeah that's why i was kind of iffy about him writing wally west like <laughs> I, I was I, too but yeah i could get that if this was barry it just feels really weird for wally Mm-hmm. Right, because there's never been any indication that Wally would deal with something like this. But well, maybe that's why they did it. Maybe, maybe it's just weird. And Diodato's pencils are touch and go. Again, I like most of it. Some of the faces are really fucked up. Um, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I some panels of Jai that are like just terrifying. Weird. Horrible. Yeah, I I don't honestly don't mind most of the pencils here, but the faces are really fucking weird. like it's always the worst part. Yeah, right. Wally's no, face is like super long. I don't know why. <laughs> In the flash mask, anyway, mm. it's, super, it's really fucking long. I I I'm gonna give it uh, a eight eight point two five out of ten for now. Because it is a very enjoyable issue. It just feels weird to read in a Wally West flashbook. Hey, Brandon. What's up? Did you notice that there's no creepy smile on the cover this time? Uh, no. I'm not sure if it's better. Uh, <laughs> it's not a creepy <laughs> smile, but it's a so, creepy face yeah, nonetheless. So well, this is like good creepy. This is, this is intentionally creepy, right? It's Wally in a very right. horrifying position. Not like 
Wally's trying to be heroic and it's the the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm um, I mean certainly Spurrier wouldn't have changed things. That's not really his style. So I I guess I just don't remember Jai not having speed at all. I'm also not sure. I mean, I know he's got uh super strength. Yeah. Right. He, but he, he could always follow on the slipstreams of other speedsters. So he'd yeah. keep up with them, but he would just be like kind of magnetically attached to them. He drafted. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I'm not all about the weird body horror bubbles Diodato puts on them or or yeah. Super Meat Boy. I don't know why any <laughs> of that happened whatsoever. I didn't hate the art. Um, other than those weird choices, most of it was okay, but the majority of it was too dark, I think. Um, I'm curious who Speed F- Force Raiden is. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Right. And I'm. Like it's got to be Jay. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the every future story with the Flash we've had with Wally recently in the past few years. We've seen a future version of Irie, but we've not seen a future version of Jay. Well, no, we we have because he was with uh, yeah. They had oh, the gold yeah, beetle. That's in, great. In, it was a gold um, One minute war. That's right. I forgot about that. Hmm. But he's definitely got a Speed Force Raiden vibe going on. Unless unless it's um, Wade. Like I'm definitely getting the vibe that this this inspector is related to the West somehow. He knows yeah. Jay personally. Fair enough, Inspector Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to assume that it's Jai that uh, who, who saves all of the speedsters on that barren planet. If he doesn't need speed to move, then that place shouldn't affect him. At the end of this, I'm assuming. We'll see Jai get his confidence, save the speedsters, and decide that he does want to be a hero after all. But I guess we'll see. The story, while not riveting, does decidedly move things forward. It does its job. It's it's pretty pretty interesting. Um, I'll give it that this whole series is running at a really good pace. Not too fast, but not too slow. Um, I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, this one gets a 7.75 out of 10 for me. The biggest detractor has to be the art. They're just like, again, there are panels that are fine, panels that are smaller, that are, that work, but it's just every time there's a close-up on, on Jai, and there are a lot of them, it's just I can't get over it. Like like how Josh grades Riley Rosmo's anatomy <laughs> is how I grade Mike Diodato's faces. It just, like, it's unsettling. <laughs> um and it's just like it's visual almost, assault yeah it's like Pretty almost impossible to get over um yeah. <laughs> well the story has interesting parts and i do actually like the idea of converging dimensions and all this stuff and um especially what they've been able to do with grod and like i, I like all the concepts and those are really interesting um it's just the art is is just really hard to get over and there are some characterizations that i've just kind of I'm, I'm not really a fan of like I I just I kind of don't really like this idea that that Jai sort of resents being a superhero when all prior indications showed that he and Ira were both super excited about it. And I understand they're getting older. It could be a part of, you know, maturity or whatever. But it just it just seems so 
odd, especially given everything that they've been through and how much he seemed to take pleasure in it. Um, and then there was just one line that, that kind of bugged me, which was just this where Jai says something like, you know, dad is or his dad is putting on like his his normal person mask. But Give the him the black is his real mask. Whoa. Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of criticism like that before. Guys, did you know that Clark Kent is the mask, but Superman is the man? Like, did you know every, that every guy at the fucking bar who says that is just like the biggest full of shit person you've ever met? Um, and, <laughs> like, no, of course they're not their masks because that makes no sense. They they have lives outside of that shit, and also they had lives prior to before they were superheroes. They didn't just wake up one day and were like, you know what? I'm the Flash, but I don't have my powers yet, but I'll get there one day. Like, Batman so, did. So yeah, ridiculous. Batman's the only one I would say that counts towards. I, I disagree heavily, but I'm sure we can talk about that. I mean, there's there's yeah, been so yeah, many yeah. dive like discussions on that that they all make I, sense. I, yeah, me. I still find that the biggest yeah. crock of shit because again, there's a line. There's a, well, there's <laughs> he, a line. There's he doesn't a line from, have a life outside of Batman. I'm just no, I'm just thing. saying there's a, there's a line from Nightwing from Batman Fugitive that I always bring up when people say this, and it's like. If if Bruce Wayne was a mask all this time, then who raised me? Was it Batman? And I'm like, that is that is such a load. Like, I guess you could say that, but I don't I don't buy that at all. Of course it was Bruce. Of course there was a man behind the mask who taught Dick all these values. It may not have been the oh. best in some ways, but it was a person. No. But anyway, we're getting off no, topic. It wasn't Bruce Wayne. It I was Alfred. It was Alfred. That's yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was Alfred to an extent, but it was also Bruce. That's why he's so loyal and so passionate yeah. about him in his life but again we're getting off topic yes didn't like that line thought it was I, ridiculous. neither did i uh, aside from that I, I like some of the concepts and i'm, I'm still interested in the story so 7.75 out of 10. well done. fair enough good sir yeah fair enough indeed yeah. uh now for something completely funny yeah, because we we're done clowning around about the Speak, flash. Yeah, speaking of multiversals, fucking right. Written <laughs> by Teeny Howard. Our Josh is is over here bending over backwards, teeing up these transitions, and you were just like, just bulldozing them every time. <laughs> I heard it. I was like clowning around. There it is. Yeah, it's and perfect. Just, but I was already, I was already setting myself up for the multiversal thing. He was. <laughs> By clowning around is better. Some give and take. He's he's better. <laughs> Harley Quinn. Why don't do it. <laughs> Written by Dini Howard, Art and Gullers inside and on the cover by Sweeney Boo, and letters by Steve Wands. Harley, Bud, and Lou are fighting off the Omags, but Harley has to skedaddle off planet and go find Kevin in order to do it lux the eyeball dude gives harley goggles that are supposed to help them find him by putting her in situations and having her choose the choices in those situations that kevin would have chose hope that made sense <laughs> she she navigates carefully through the choices that kevin would make all being all pretty much being about uh, about being a good friend to harley and uh, then she gets to the hard one, Super Salad. She chooses right and, and finds him. And then her students, uh, the Omax, uh, 
they find Harley and Kevin. Harley and all try to free them, but it boiled down to Harley having to go to the Brothers Eye Council in exchange um, for the release of her students. But she asks for permission to see Ivy before she goes, and the Omax say yes because they wish that they had a girlfriend. <laughs> um, then there's a bunch of talking back and forth between Harley and the Brothers Eye. They want to absorb Harley's mind, and, and they say that's because she suffered so much abuse that she has turned into a super weapon of chaos. That feels like the world's one of the world's greatest insults. She says her she says her power comes from trying hard and from having friends. And then Brothers Eye announces that the show is about to begin. We'll have to wait to see next you know, next issue, see what that show is all about. But there is a billboard that says now showing surrender Harley, reasons to hate Harley Quinn and give her up to us. So that's probably a little bit of a foreshadowing. <laughs> Man, uh, the start to the wrap-up of this long, weird, crazy, but very enjoyable series, and it's it's good. What happens next is anyone's idea because Howard has kept this as unpredictable as Harley herself. Boo's art is so top shelf, it costs $30 a shot. It's creme de la creme. I've had such a blast top with shelf, this. Huh? Top this is the good shelf. shit. This is, this is good I'm shit. treating myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I just I've I've had such a blast with this. Uh, I keep it up, creatives, because uh, it's working. Part two, Harley the Barbarian, written by <laughs> Alexis Casarano, art by Steve Beach, letters from Hassan Atsmani Alhau. Harley, uh, Harley, Jesus. Harley, Ivy, John Constantine, and Huntress all in a barbarian setting where Harley has to kill the demon that is killing a goddess. That goddess is Ivy. Harley saves her, then goes in for a kiss from the giant goddess, and that's when Harley wakes up. In a totally different art style, by the way. Upset that, uh, that the dream always ends before the kiss. The different art style was a good idea. It, that, that sold the fact that it was a dream, especially with the fantasy style art that I am used to seeing in titles like Warlord. Um, this was really good. The Sweet Baby Tom Cruise. That art was just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, the story was crazy. It was weird, but that's on brand. The art, though, man, I, I don't know. It's so very good in every large panel. The, the smaller ones a little bit less so there were some panels the smaller panels that weren't the greatest but man the bigger the bigger the picture the better it got and I am still showing flash here <laughs> <laughs> let me click that off um the whole issue was really good man I enjoyed nearly everything about it hell of a book I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Me too. I, I'm gonna give that the same score. It is maybe an 8.5, actually. A very, very enjoyable issue, uh, but it kind of fell apart for me at the end. Um, it just felt like it was a little confusing for me. I don't, couldn't really tell you why. <laughs> it's just like, mm -hmm. like, like stuff was happening and none of it made sense. But 
Uh, it was st- in still the backup like, or the in in the the main story. Just at the end, I don't know. Like Harley was gonna go with them, and then all of a sudden, just couldn't go with it, who? The brothers. I. Uh, they, they decided that they were just gonna do it out in the middle of the street. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Harley even says, "Can we go do this someplace else?" Yeah. Well, yep. that makes more sense. See, I didn't catch that. I was wondering why they weren't just going away, but um, still a very enjoyable issue. You get to see Harley have some very touching moments with Kevin and, and prove that he is her best friend uh, and that she is his um, and very awesome moments with Harl Ivy. Uh, really, really cool stuff. I hope the students come back because <laughs> <laughs> Ivy is a really good professor. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, th- yeah, this, this is I like solid. her as a teacher. Yeah. This issue is solid. Um, now that I understand the ending a bit better, uh, eight point seven five again. I'm just gonna go back to that. Sweetie you know Boo's art I'm... as well, fantastic, and the yes. art in the backup, amazing. The, the speaking of which, something I don't like is Harley as an Omac. That's creepy as shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> On that cover, oh yeah. my! And just for a taste of that art. In the backup that we're talking oh, about, so mm-hmm. good. Oh, it's just. I'm like, why is uh, why is Steve Beach wasting his time here? He should be doing some shit in Heavy Metal magazine. This Great. Is... Heavy Metal's all gone. Is it? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it happened last year, I think. Yep. Oh shoot! You're right. I know. I'm sad. I'm, I'm shame. So sad. Yo. It sure that is. Sucks. Well, then I guess this is a, his next best option. <laughs> Doing backups. Harley the only- Barbarian. Yeah. But uh yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll get to see him branch out and and do this style of art more often and maybe yeah. some oh I don't know. A Poison Ivy book would be fantastic. Uh, how about Conan the Barbarian? But if we're only Co- keeping it Conan. in DC, how the about Warlord. fucking Warlord? Or, that's what I'm talking I'm about, baby. Mind at that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, look at that Huntress. Yeah. I want to see that in Warlord. That was just me. Chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Ooh, actually, stuff. actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna po- propose something radical. Uh-oh. Uh oh. A a well, I guess there's already been a sequel to this, but another sequel, a new sequel to Sword of <laughs> the Atom. Ooh. Sword of the Atom with this artist. Ooh. With Ooh. Uh, Ray Palmer returning to I forget the name of like the society of small people that he was with. It's not Lilliput. That's Gulliver's Travels. It was something like that. Microverse. Yeah, that one. No, not the, not the Microverse, but something like that. But I would do a sequel to Sword of the Atom because it would be a great way to do like sword and sorcery, but also with the Atom, which is what we all want. By we, by we, I mean me. <laughs> Let's see. If I was to send a small group of heroes, like what time what time frame are we talking here? Let's say or what is this? Or what? 
I'm thinking like period. If I was going to send heroes back in time in a barbarian story and want it to be funny, funny, but, but still, but still readable, I think I would choose. <laughs> I feel like you already know the answer to that. The obvious one. Harley Quinn, obviously. Booster Gold. Ooh. Um, John Kent. The hell? And Damian Wayne. You did not pick at all the person I was thinking of. I was thinking Ooh. far more obvious than that. Who's that? Lobo the Barbarian. Oh, Lobo. Oh, oh my God. That imagine that. So I would nice. love it. He like would love that. it in the medieval past. He that would have in the time of his life. Lobo the Zarnian. Yes. Yes. You could do like a like a funny like pastiche parody of Conan the Barbarian, but Lobo the Zarnian. And he's Josh, just how's this for a pastiche? This writes itself. This Get is on all it. you. This is all you. <laughs> Get that, that script. Give us a give us yes. a four issue black label and get it out there. It's all you. I want to see label. it. Yeah. Okay. Prestige format because I want them big panels from Steve. Yeah. Beach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. You so crazy. <laughs> Not crazy. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I, dude, I right. wish that would be so good. I can already see it. Steve Beach in a prestige format book. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, doing Lobo the the Barbarian. That would be yes. freaking awesome. That would and, be pretty and cool. And be comedic. Yes. Naturally. His first interaction, he runs up with a tribe, and the strong, the strong man of the tribe, the hero, the champion, goes mm -hmm. up to Lobo, and Lobo's just like pushing him off, just like yeah. the fuck is this? You think you think you take me on, mm -hmm. badass fragonist man in the universe? <laughs> and they just chops Lobo's arm off with a battle axe. And he goes like the frag man, ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he picks up the arm and beats the guy with it to death. Oh, I want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> Josh, if you just include that scene yeah. in issue one, I'll be happy. I will. I'll be over the moon. You don't even have to Excellent. give me credit. You can write the rest. <laughs> just put that in there. <laughs> Deal. All right. Oh. All right. Has Sounds everyone like talked about Harley? I think everybody has. Brandon, to Brandon did you talk about Harley? Did I? Did you? Uh, did you? Well, if I did not, um, no. This this one was fun. Um, again, it's it's still a little kind of all over the place for me, especially what with this this OMAC element of the story. But it's it's fun, and Sweeney Buzart certainly makes up for it. So, oh, yeah. I give the whole issue an eight out of ten. Like I I enjoy it. Yeah. Sorry, I can't get over Steve Beach's art. And just That's like the great. how how it just goes back to normal at, in the last panel. Just like, oh man, it's over. Oh, That's <laughs> and, and you know what? I mean, as simple of a move as that is, I dig that so much because it yeah. takes it right out of the fantasy setting and throws it back into the the typical goofy ass Harley comic books, comic backups mm -hmm. that we've been seeing for the past fucking nine hundred and thirty eight yeah. months. And really drives home the idea that it's a dream that she woke yep. up out of very suddenly, just like we did. It was torn away from us rather violently. It, indeed it was. Yeah. 
All right, so that's our books for the week, at least for this episode. I was going to say this issue. Uh, so, gentlemen, do you want to rank the three books we did, or at least the, the books we have this week, in a top three format? And maybe if you have a moment you enjoyed, maybe you could share it with us if you want. I feel like, you know, I tried my damnedest to do the top three per show thing for as long as I could, but... I mean, really, it's a top three for the week, yeah. and it's you hard know, if you can a favorite moment from each side. But I try to do one from each side. Yeah, my 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 top three this week is Detective, Harley, and Beast World. Right three, on. two, one, right there. Nice. Um, I had two 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 moments that made me giggle this week. I'm gonna pick those as my favorite moments um, out of the. Out of the main show, um, Harley won. She said, you're Zod damned right I did. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then we got to see a picture of a roadrunner saying meat. And <laughs> I thought that was cool. How actual, how how 100% appropriate to have a roadrunner in a Harley Quinn comic book. Very much. Wiley Coyote, Roadrunner, me, me. Yeah. Anyway, that <laughs> is where I am at with all of that. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, my top three are as follows. Number three, I gave to Power Girl. Number five. Number two, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be amazed. Beast World Tour, Star City, number one. Holy crap, what? I am shocked and, uh, and I know. <laughs> and, uh, and number one, number one is, of course, Green Arrow, number eight. Because I, I, yeah. I, I, what can I say? I was a sucker for the arrows this week, and that Fair was pretty enough. much yeah. the only reason I read uh, Beast World Tour, <laughs> Star City, number one. It had all I'll, the arrows. I'll admit it was a very good issue. No, I, I had a great time. And like, I didn't even know who was attached to this book. And the moment I saw that Jamal Campbell was doing like the first 10 pages, I was like, holy fucking shit, this is going to be great. So, um, <laughs> and it, yeah, was. it was. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised Detective Comics didn't even make it on your list. Uh, well, <laughs> that's maybe because I didn't get to uh, finish Detective Comics, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh god, who's covering Detective Comics then? Uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> I guess we'll have to leave that for the detectives to figure out. Ah. Uh oh. Because uh, you supposed to cover it, Brandon? Yes, yes. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about that once we were off the air. <laughs> okay uh, um, dirty laundry meat air air dirty laundry okay uh okay so my top three as follows is shit man i don't know <laughs> in that uh, order yeah <laughs> i in in that, order, order. No. that was my favorite book don't oh did you did you give a favorite moment oh shit i did not uh oh, shit Definitely the double page spread from Beast World Tour of Ollie and Connor hopping into the thick of it. Jamal Campbell absolutely killed that page. And also I I, I laughed at the line where he's like, I'm trying my best not to be offended by that line when Connor basically yeah. said, you're not, not here for them because they're powerless. Yeah. But they came for Batman. They didn't come for me. So I guess maybe I'm not <laughs> as powerful as Batman. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, as for me, I'm going to do Beast World number five at number three, uh, Detective Comics 1081 at number two, and Green Arrow number eight at number one. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, favorite moments, uh, I'll say, oddly enough, from Harley Quinn, because she almost made my top three. Um, just that, that touching moment at the end of Harley figuring out the soup or salad conundrum and just <laughs> realizing right. how much her and Kevin really do have a connection. Uh, and then reuniting was very awesome. I like that. It was very, very wholesome. Reunited and it feels so good. I can't be Brandon. You just left us hanging out there. I'm in. I'm in. The world doesn't need that. (laughs) (laughs) The world doesn't need my screechy vocals with your your two's beautiful melodies. Now that you've said that, I think it needs to happen. Oh, no. Are we starting a band? We started an acapella group. Oh shit! I was in one once. It didn't go anywhere. Oh no! I mean, it was just me and my two best friends fucking around. But as you were in an acapella group and it fell flat, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can we can we we wrap this up? (laughs) Okay, so that is our show. Thank you for joining us for the week. A nice little quick one so to speak. It's been an hour and a half. Uh, not, not that quick. Short. But no, I guess quick, on any quick wild for us. Lately. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> All it right. always happens. Sooner yep. or later. Exactly. Yep. So we got to get out of here so you have to as well. And remember in the Geek Matrix, everybody has a home. In the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. Peace.